everyone, and welcome to David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. I'm David, and with me, as always, is... Jeff. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm wonderful. How are you today, David? I'm doing great. I thought a good, entertaining episode of Survivor. I was a little disappointed by the results of it, but entertaining nonetheless. Yes, I would agree. I uh, I wasn't as disappointed as you, as we remember from the premiere podcast. I wasn't a huge fan of Dawson. I was disappointed to see Dana go, but I thought it was another good episode of Survivor, well edited. It gave a lot of uh, good stories kind of to go along with everything. Obviously, the story of kind of the end of Matt Singh, which ended almost triumphantly with the uh, with finding the idol was was rather interesting. So yeah, I thought another really good episode of Survivor. This is shaping up to be a great season. Yeah, I mean, there's some things that I am hesitant about with this episode that we'll get into more. Um, but I I really hope that everything plays out well. Like I'm still optimistic at this point. Yes, I agree. All right. Well, let's uh, let's start. I have a quick announcement in case you guys aren't aware. They've sort of brought Survivor Live back. It's called the Survivor Live After Show, and unfortunately it's not hosted by uh, Jenna Maraska and Dalton Ross anymore, but it is hosted by the one and only Bill Posley from Survivor One World. Yeah, I thought it would be fun, but as you mentioned, it's kind of uh, over the top and a bit boisterous. Hopefully it'll get better, though, because I really liked Bill. Yeah, I think Bill's... I mean, he, he knows how to do stand-up comedy, um, but I don't know if he's really that experienced as a host, so to speak. Or an interviewer, really. Uh, yeah, or an interviewer in that sense. So I think he's just a little too formal. He's sort of yelling at the camera from the, the little bit of it I saw, and sort of just being a little too, you know, like, intentional and everything. If he would more relax... Sort of like when he goes on and does stand-up and just sort of this relaxed thing, I think he would do a lot better. So hopefully it will improve. Um, I would say the first couple episodes, if you haven't seen them, <laughs> they're good for a laugh, <laughs> so, <laughs> at least. So uh, so go see that. But, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully it good things happen. I Unfortunately, <laughs> I had the the... The privilege, or not privilege, of breaking the news to Dalton Ross that they were bringing back Survivor Live without him. <laughs> oh, you got to, you got to tell him that. Yeah, I tweeted, I tweeted that Survivor Live is coming back with Bill Posley and not you guys, or or like Survivor Live is back but you're not hosting, and he he tweeted back. Uh, what is this? I've never heard of this. So then I posted, a, I, I tweeted him back a link. I said, yeah, it's with Bill Posley. And then, and then he tweeted back, he tweeted everyone just a regular tweet saying, uh, they brought Survivor Live back and myself and Jenna Raska have been replaced with dot, 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 Bill Posley. <laughs> wow. That was, congratulations, I guess, to you? Yeah, I don't know if that's, uh... <laughs> the best thing in the world. I don't know how to be congratulated. That's the only Dalton Ross is ever going to remember you. <laughs> I only remember it as the guy who unfortunately told him that he had been replaced by Bill Posley. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Uh, I was just like, I, I was trying to more throw out a compliment. I didn't expect him not to have heard the news because he's sort of on the pulse as far as Survivor things go. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I uh, guess not. There are guys to be replaced by. That's true. I mean, 
<laughs> You're replaced by us. Now that would just be an insult. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're ever going to get that job, Jeff, unless we're actually on Survivor. <laughs> That's the next step, man. Yeah, the next step. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on then. We are going to have another Survivor Roundtable with former co-host Nicole, as well as Stephanie, who was on last season, who is another fan of the show. Um, so it'll be great to have them and sort of get uh, a female's perspective on this past episode and this season so far. Yeah, the girls have not been doing so well this season. We saw Roxy go home, and then we saw uh, Angie go home, and then two more females tonight. That's... Four of the six people who have left have been female, so it'll be interesting. Yeah. They feel underrepresented. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Let's go to confessional count. Yes, well, uh, last week it was a very interesting week for confessional count. Uh, you chose Pete as the most confessionals, whereas I chose Malcolm. Uh, Malcolm had six confessionals, while Pete only had one. Uh, so that's a point for me. And then... Your sure thing kind of failed you because you once again picked Katie, whereas I picked Carter. Katie had three confessionals but still did not go home, so apparently she's now interesting. Uh, Carter <laughs> had debatable. zero confessionals, so that means that I won both points this week, and that makes the total score two to four. Ah, uh, yes. Well, uh, I'll have to try to do better <laughs> in this next episode. Who knew that they were going to show Katie for three confessionals, and by the second one, I was just thinking, she's going to get voted off. All right, I'm okay with this then. That was the only That was the only explanation. Her confessionals weren't even good. Yeah, like they weren't <laughs> like, oh, this is entertaining. Why have we been missing Katie all these episodes? Right. Like, <laughs> well, I think it was their one chance at deception, maybe, to, to kind of throw us off as to who. I think it did throw off some deception, so kudos uh, to editing. But I think it also may mean that she's not lasting too much longer on the show. Although I was, I was thoroughly convinced she was gone until they pulled out the first Dawson. Post. Oh, so was I. Until I saw Dawson's name, I was like, oh, come on, really? I just felt Dawson was a much bigger and better character than Katie. Whether or not, I know you didn't really like her personality thing. I found it very entertaining. But I'd still say, would you agree that she was more entertaining than Katie? It's a close one. No, absolutely. She's much <laughs> All right. <laughs> So now we have to pick our confessional counts for this week. So do you want to go first on the most? Uh, sure, I'll go, and I'm going to go with Malcolm. He's stealing the big, the big thunder. I think he's definitely being shown to be the biggest character this season, and yeah. uh, I think that's not going to stop. I think you're right. I think that's a good pick. I'm going to pick Jeff Kent just because... He also has a big character. He's on the tribe who just got voted out. It looks like there's a big blowout between him and artists next week, potentially. So I think Jeff Kent's the way to go. It'll be close between the two of them. I yeah, think. hopefully. All right, least confessionals? Yeah, uh, I get to start this one. And I am going to stick with Carter. I don't think he's shown enough uh, of anything to really be to, to give confessionals. So I'm going with him. Well, then I'm going to go with the guy who we haven't seen confessionals except the first episode, Mike Scoopin. That's a ballsy pick. How's that ballsy? Because you he's the one who, at any point in time, a confessional from him could crop up. So he's a sleeping dragon. And I'm right. just 
I'm hoping he doesn't awake yet. Yeah, yeah, that, but that's what I'm saying. He could awaken at any time. It's, it's a, I don't know if that's a bad pick, but I think it's a ballsy pick. My only other choice, really, was was artists, but then the preview showed him actually talking, so it's like, uh, I'm going to rule him out. <laughs> right, no, I, I, I agree. I'm not saying he's a bad pick. I'm saying he's a ballsy pick. Okay. It's going pay dividends. Yeah, we'll see. All right, well, before we get to our guests, let's finish off with our historical analysis where we take the uh, Survivor Philippines and sort of look and see how it compares to the previous seasons of Survivor. So I had one. Uh, as, you all, as you know, the Tandang tribe, or at least the original six from the Tandang tribe, have not been to Tribal Council. It's now been five episodes and 13 days. So I went back and looked. How many people have made it? 13 days, and how many people have made it through five episodes without going to Tribal Council? The ep- the one with five episodes, you know, who has made it through five episodes, only has one person on the list, because five episodes used to be a 15 days, because it would be three episodes per day, especially in the older seasons. Mm-hmm. And there are 11 people on the 13-day list. So do you want to guess any of them? All right, let's see. Borneo is obviously none of them. Australia, none of them. Africa, none of them. Correct. Marquesas, you had... You, you'll have some people on Marquesas. Yes, there are four people from Marquesas. Then that would be four people who did not go to Tribal Council within the first five episodes. Thirteen days. Oh, thirteen, 13 days. days. Yes. Okay. Well, they went on episode five. If okay. that helped, that gives you a clue. Yep, then we got Gabriel, the General... Tammy, Zoe, and John, right? There should be five. Yes, that is correct. Okay. I didn't have Gabriel on my original list just because I didn't. I, I because he got voted off. I had it. But yes, those five were all uh, were all thirteen days. They actually made it fifteen days, but they went to tribal council on episode five. Okay. So there's five of your twelve. All right, we're doing we're doing pretty good. We go to Thailand. Next is also a group of five. Okay, if that helps you. Uh, Thailand's out, Amazon's out, Pearl Islands is out because on episode four they went. That means All-Stars, hmm, All-Stars you had one, two, three, four, and then the fifth episode which would be Mogo, Mogo Mogo. Right. Colby, Kathy, Sheehan, Richard, and Lex went on episode five on day 15. Now, I'm going to contest this <laughs> because in a deleted scene of Survivor uh, All-Stars, when Jenna Maraska quit, they actually all went to Tribal Council. Really? After she left. She, she didn't go. She didn't go. After she left, <laughs> the, the five others, they made them go to Tribal Council and Jeff just talked with them. Okay. <laughs> so that's a that's a que- there are question marks next to their name. Yeah. So <laughs> technically they went to tribal council but they didn't vote anyone off. Okay. And you've actually missed someone. Someone from Pearl Islands. Oh, Rupert because he got right. uh kidnapped. Right. Rupert was kidnapped and the other the last person on the list was also kidnapped from a different season. Then it would be China. Incorrect. Oh, who? What else? What other season have we had kidnappings? 
Actually, I lied to you. It wasn't a kidnapping. <laughs> it was Exile Island. Oh. <laughs> Cook Islands? Yes. Would it be Yule? No. It's going to Candace. Candace. Okay. And so of that list of 12 people, then, there is one person... Oh, I'm sorry. 11 of those 12 people went to Tribal Council in Episode 5. Okay. Who is the one person who made it through Episode 5 without going to Tribal Council? Would it be Candace? Yes, it is. It's Candace. Yeah. So that's interesting. It's a, it's a, you know, we now have six more people who have made it through Episode 5 without even going to Tribal Council. And that's a big deal. Yeah, then we're, we're jumping up from one to <laughs> seven. Yeah, and I mean, think also about like the the impact on the game. Think of, I mean, there's a couple tools of thought. Either they're getting restless with each other, or their morale is up because they haven't had to do that yet. Which I think with with this group, it's probably the former rather than the latter. But yeah, and what I think we've sort of. What's interesting is because we're still seeing a lot of strategy then from them, as opposed to another tribe, let's say uh, Karor, like uh, from Palau, where they they had one tribal council in there, but they didn't really talk strategy at all. They voted the old guy off, you know? <laughs> right. Eight out of the nine people voted the old guy off. Yeah. So they really didn't have that much of strategy or have to think about it too much until they actually got to the merge. Um, which sort of brings me to mind... Uh, one of my historical things is you have, we saw the tribes get, uh, the uh, Matt Singh tribe get disbanded, and uh, one of each of them went to the other two tribes, and I was thinking, how many times have we seen one person join a tribe of other people, of all people who've been together before? Hmm. Well, Stephanie's the obvious, uh, yeah. the obvious one from Palau. Uh, she and she made it through two tribal councils, arguably one, depending on. I mean, she probably would have been voted off instead of Janu. Yeah. Uh, but the other person, one person joined. Oh, um, Amber from All Stars. Yeah, that's the only two I could think of. I don't think in our later seasons we've had ever just one person joining the tribe. That, yeah, I think you're right. So that's only two other times it's happened for. So here's another two times. But it looks like Denise is in a really good place. I mean, Stephanie was Stephanie was out quickly, and Amber had they pro- had another tribal council, or had Rob not been able to kind of talk to Lex, probably would have gone home. But Denise looks like she's she's on Kalabau for quite a, for at least two more votes. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, should we get our guests um, on here for our roundtable? Absolutely. All right. And we now have our two very special guests on the line for our Survivor Roundtable, Nicole and Stephanie. Stephanie, why don't we start with you, share a little bit about yourself to our listeners. I am 22, live in New Jersey, not the Jersey Shore. I'm not Snooki. Um, I have watched Survivor since season two, and I never miss an episode ever. And this is your second appearance on the podcast, correct? Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. <laughs> but you still haven't seen Borneo. It's half of it I've seen. Okay. The good half or the bad half? The bad half. I haven't seen the merge. Okay. And uh, Nicole? Well, I'm Nicole. I used to be on this podcast all the time, and then I had to retire. 
because I'm going to be going to South Africa soon, and I don't think Survivor comes in there. But I'm really excited to be a guest on the show. I'm also 22, just like Stephanie, and I've watched Survivor since season one, but I have missed some episodes in some seasons that, like, I decided I hated everyone and I just stopped watching. But I've watched most of Survivor. Those were the the dark periods of your life, Nicole. You should go back and finish those. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) All right, and uh, Nicole is a uh, going to be blogging for our website this season. Uh, starting this week, she's going to be writing a blog about the episodes and her thoughts on it, if you want to know more. Yep. All right, well, let us get started with our Survivor Roundtable then. I have ten questions for you guys. Uh, I'll call you one at a time, give your opinion on the question, and we'll move on from there. We're going to start off with the big question... Was getting rid of Dawson the smartest move? Let's start with Stephanie. It depends on what the definition of smart and who you're referring to. For the tribe, I'm not sure. I think that Katie was probably weaker. At an individual standpoint, it was probably the best move for Jeff, and he seems to be running the tribe. So for his sake, it was definitely a smart move. For the tribe's sake, I guess we'll have to wait and see. All right, Nicole. Um, I was surprised that it was Dawson because I thought that they were leading us to believe that it was Katie and the producers tricked me. But um, I don't think that it would have mattered too much who they voted out, Katie versus Dawson, because they're both kind of weak. They're both not super helpful with challenges and things like that. So... I agree with you, Stephanie, that it was good for Jeff to get out Dawson before she revealed his deep, dark secret. I don't think it was good for Katie that Dawson got out, even though she voted Dawson out. I think that she should have tried to stick with Dawson and try to do that woman's alliance thing, try to get Denise in there, because Katie just, she wasn't thinking, because who's going to go next, Katie? I mean, what do you think? I mean, I just have to counter that for a sec. I'm not sure that Katie was going into Tribal already knowing she was going to vote Dawson. I feel like the way things were going, she was the one who was pushing for Denise with Dawson with the hope that it would be one of those, she was the last member of the tribe, and if I'm going to save myself, I'd rather just get rid of the one person who hasn't been with us the whole time. And then when Dawson was talking at Tribal, Katie probably knew that they were voting Dawson over her and decided that it was safer for her to just vote with them. That's what I thought. Right, at that point, but I think earlier on she could have... The girls should have tried to do something more. Dawson and Katie, they they didn't fight hard enough. But yeah, Yeah, I mean, at the Tribal Council, though, I, I guess... She probably did make the right decision. I definitely agree that they probably could have tried harder, but it just makes it so much more obvious that, like, neither one of them really is a big factor in the tribe or in this season at all. Because if they were, like, you would have seen scrambling, you would have seen them trying to do things, and they basically just, like, sat there and let the boys run everything. Jeff? Um, yeah, I agree with everything that's been said. I think Dawson was the right move, definitely for Jeff Kent. 
for the tribe, I would have probably gotten rid of Katie if I was in anyone's position, anyone else but Jeff's position. Um, but I think the two are somewhat interchangeable in terms of value to the tribe. Um, I was thoroughly convinced that Katie was going home. And then when Dawson got voted out, I was so waiting for her to out Jeff Kent just right there, just stand up and tell everyone who he was. But she didn't do it. She I, had I, Jeff Probst too much on her mind. Yeah, that's true. She was like, yes, finally I get to have my little time with Jeff Probst. <laughs> um, Guys, you're going to ruin the whole uh, fake tribal later if you keep talking about this. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, no, but it was, it was, I don't know. It was smart for Jeff, questionable for the rest of the tribe. Yeah, that little pause between when Jeff snuffed her torch and the really awkward hug that I'm sure we'll get to later, I'm sure everyone was thinking that she's going to turn around and out Jeff. And everyone was like, oh my god. And when she didn't, I actually kind of was proud of her for not saying it. Because I feel like she proved that she wasn't like that much. Like She was doing it more fun, like she was going to taunt him and make him know that she knew, but she wasn't going to out him. Yeah. See, yeah, and I think once you, I, I, you know, I know that people have been allowed to say things in the past, but once you're voted out of the game, I don't think you should be affecting the game anymore, unless you're in the jury. Right. So I, I'm happy that she didn't, because then she's affecting the game beyond a, a time when she is in the game. Yeah. What if she said it before her torch was snuffed? Because technically, I, that's, that's when you're out of the game. That's questionable. Like if she said it as she got up to go to Jeff. Yeah. I guess, like, technically she wasn't snuffed yet, so she could have just said it as her, like, scumbags and, and mm-hmm. like, as her one of those quotes. But I still think that, I think that she was right not to say anything. She probably figures that he'll end up being outed eventually anyway. I I honestly think that it, she just didn't have it on her mind at that point. She was, like, she was shocked from getting voted out and just blindsided like that. And then her first thought after being blindsided is, I get to do something with Jeff Probe. <laughs> I get to see Jeff. I get to be close to him. It's yeah. so awesome. And did you see how she went in and Jeff sort of did his head, pulled his head back, like, "All right, we're not, we're not going too far here." She was like, he was like, "Wait, what?" He was like, he, was he tweeted that it was. He tweeted that he was like taken by surprise, but he didn't want to be a jerk about it. <laughs> you know, it's it's just an awkward situation for everyone involved. <laughs> From all of your experiences, Jeff, right? <laughs> right. And I'm sure he wouldn't have cared if it was Julie Berry. <laughs> right. Or his wife. <laughs> like. Or Parvati. <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I think getting rid of Dawson was the smartest move. I would say mainly because... Dawson had more fight in her. She was willing to mix things up more, whereas Katie seems almost more of a zombie. And I think people recognize that. Like, everyone has stated that she was sort of just zoning out a lot and not really <laughs> doing a whole lot. And I think they wanted to keep her exactly for that reason. Whereas it Dawson's... Reminds me of, it reminds me of um, Matt saying getting rid of Roxy instead of Angie. Yeah. There's just certain... Angie probably was the one who should have gone that week. Yeah, there's just people who are obviously more dangerous in the game than other people. And if they were to merge or something else was to happen, Dawson could have easily stirred up trouble. Whereas yeah. Katie is just sort of there. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what you're talking about. Katie got three confessionals. 
Okay, so, whatever, Jeff. Three Let confessionals only in this first episode, right? Her first three confessionals ever. No, she had one in the first episode. She has had four total. Wait, really? I missed one in the first episode? She was one of yeah. the very first people to talk. Wow. Yeah, obviously she is very memorable. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and I think... Everyone was saying, you know, Katie was so much worse in challenges than Dawson. From, I think, what their perspective was, Katie had a bad challenge, but overall she was actually better in the challenges were, uh, as opposed to Dawson, who was a little weaker, I think, and obviously wasn't helping in the puzzle aspect. And I think they were just looking at the overall picture as well. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, Jonathan Penner gets emotional about, especially when challenges are really close, he was very upset with Dawson. Even though she wasn't necessarily harming them, he felt like she was impeding his progress. And yeah. so he's doing everything himself, so he's not very good with teamwork. Um, that's a statement that you could make and probably be pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still love him. He's just not very good with teamwork. Right. And he hasn't flipped out on Jeff Probst yet. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah. All right, let's uh, move on to our next question. This is actually one of the, our fans on our uh, Facebook page posed this question that we need to talk about. Who is in a better position on their tribe, Malcolm or Denise now? Let's start with Nicole. I think at this point, definitely Malcolm. He seemed to get along with Pete really well in the beginning when he showed up there. And it seems to be part of that alliance with Pete and Abby and them. And so no one seemed to say anything about wanting to get him out right away. It's all about how can we include him in the tribe and how can we, you know, make him a part of our alliance. Because R.C. was upset that she didn't get him in her alliance because he was talking to Pete already. And I didn't see the same thing happening with Denise. Yeah, she didn't get out, but... You know, Dawson voted against her, and even though Denise is a part of the male alliance now, she formed that alliance with Jeff, I just feel like she's probably on the outs for now, and I hope that she will develop more relationships in order to stay longer, but I feel like, you know, if Katie goes next, then Denise might be next after her. All right, Jeff? I think I also think Malcolm is in a better position. Uh, Denise is probably going to be number four on a tribe of five. Malcolm has RC, Scoopin, and a hidden immunity idol before he leaves. So I, I think he's just by purely by numbers and, and ability to get to the merge, he's in a better position. Stephanie? There's not really much more to say. I definitely agree with both of them that Malcolm is 100% in the better position. I think that he not only lucked out with getting on his tribe, but the fact that the players were so willing to just include him and tell him things that he probably shouldn't have been told, as in Pete telling him he had the idol to gain his trust, just proves that he has no shot of being voted out anytime soon. Jeff, do you remember when we had our prediction uh, podcast, who I thought, who I compared... I thought Malcolm would be like. Oh, um, I, I don't remember who you said. I'm sorry. Uh, I, 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 I said... Usually he, he, I usually do a re-listen of every podcast every week. 
Don't lie, yeah. Jeff. <laughs> I mean, I never did that, Jeff. You don't need to do that. <laughs> I mean, I've got, I would tweet him. I don't think he really has a life, so. <laughs> Thanks, Stephanie. <laughs> Dave got mad at me one week because I didn't listen to the podcast after I was on it. No, I, I, I didn't get mad at you. I just asked you if you did listen to it, and then you, you, you responded like I just asked the most idiotic question in the world. <laughs> I did get upset though. Who did you compare Malcolm to? I compared him to uh, JT, and I really get that. Like when, whenever he goes on a new tribe, everyone is suddenly loving him and wanting him to go far into the game, even if it's not the best for them personally. Does he have his girly handwriting as JT? I don't know. I haven't been paying attention to that. <laughs> okay, well, we'll Actually, have... he might. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I, I mean, I see the JT resemblance a little bit, but my only thing is I don't know if that would be said once it's individual. I feel like at an individual stage, he'll come off as a really big challenge threat, and the players seem to have that thing where they may not really – just allow him to float his way to the end like JT was able to. My thing is, I think he'll come into the merge with a majority, and at that point, they'll want to get rid of people like Jonathan Penner and Jeff Kent before him. And at that point, he may have made enough ends with people to make a solid alliance and get to the end. I don't know. I don't see him winning, but that's just me. I don't, I don't necessarily see him winning like JT, but I see him getting far based off of his likability, his uh, physical strength, and his social skills. He could be the non-purple Brett. The non-purple Brett. That, that could be very good true. <laughs> if he's in the minority, uh, if, he, he, if he doesn't make a strong alliance, he could turn into the non-purple Brett. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, which brings me to another question that you brought up, Stephanie. Uh, Pete telling Mal- Malcolm that they had an idol smart or dumb move jeff stupid 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 you never tell someone that you have an idol never in never never not but wait but what what if they just joined your tribe like an hour ago doesn't that mean you can (laughs) you have the logic of zane knight my friend (laughs) like it's no unless they catch you with it you never have an idol. I don't care if I, there, there's very few situations I could ever see in which sharing an idol is a beneficial move to your game. What about the Penner? The person I've ever seen do it and do it effectively and use it to actually gain a leg up in the game was Yulquan in Cook Islands. What about Penner this season? I think he would have found a way either. I don't think he needed to do that. I think he that was the easy route, but I don't think he need, I think he could have done it either way. Yeah. Let's take the hard way. Right. Well, take the hard way that doesn't reveal your ace in the hole. Like, I just don't understand. Because now every single idol in the game is known by a multitude of people. I mean, obviously, Matt Singh, only two people know it. But it's, I just can't, I, I would never share the, that, the fact that I have an idol. I think it was necessary, though, because pretty much everyone on his tribe already knew he had the idol, so in order to gain trust at all with Jeff Kent, he needed to be straightforth and honest with it, since everyone was already suspecting him anyways. Russell, everyone suspected Russell, and he didn't do it, and he ended up getting to the final three, twice. Yeah, but that's just because Russell is Russell. (laughs) It's a completely different scenario. 
for for Penner, it was the right. Well, for Penner, it was the right move because Penner needed Jeff, who to me seems like he's the one running the tribe. And if he could get Jeff to trust him, the only way to get Jeff to trust him was to admit to him that he had the idol. Considering Jeff wanted to vote him out and knew he had the idol, and this way Jeff knew how powerful the idol was, and knowing that Penner had it made the two of them a really strong pair. Because I still think that Jeff could come around at some point and blindside Penner without having to use the idol or figure out a way to flush it or whatever. Like, I don't know. I, but for I Pete, Jeff would have gotten upset with Katie or Dawson or Carter long before they would have ever gone to tribal council had they not. I think if that was still an alliance of five, assuming Dana didn't go home, Jeff would have been so annoyed with Katie's like lack of ability and challenges and Dawson's big old mouth trickery crap that he would have gone to Penner long before Penner needed to show the idol. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I think Jonathan Penner is too eager to play the game. He doesn't wait. And that, I think, is his tragic flaw. Well, I mean, it's definitely going to be his downfall. But I think for his sake, because for, as far as we saw from the edit, he was on the outside. He wasn't being social. And in order to get into, into the higher-up, in order to be a part of the snake and get, like, Colton's terms, the head of the snake, or whatever you want to say, to trust you, you have to give them leverage. So the leverage is the fact that he has the idol. It's the same with... Don't the same now, let me finish. Oh. It's the same now with Pete. For in, Pete's, in Pete's eyes, telling Malcolm he has, he has the idol gives Malcolm, gives him complete control over Malcolm, and allows Malcolm to trust him, and knows that he's going to be honest. But I think Pete, for Pete, it was stupid because he doesn't know Malcolm well yet. So, like, how does he know that he's trusting? For Malcolm, it was brilliant that Pete told him because now Malcolm has all the cards. And Malcolm is the one that is going to have all the power in that trap. So, uh, bringing it back around, dumb move for Pete. <laughs> in Pete's eyes, it was a smart move. In reality, it probably wasn't. Nicole? I agree. I don't think it was very smart for Pete at all, but it was uh, uh, definitely good for Malcolm. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it could have been a better move, but Pete definitely needed to wait at least a day or two. You know, you have to get to know him better. You have to, you know, assess. I know they were all jockeying to get him as soon as they got there, but, you know, until you actually have to go to tribal council and you definitely need his vote... I think it was it would be a lot better to keep that from him and see actually what he's doing, observe him before just before just blabbing it. And I think that's interesting because we saw Pete got edited for the first three episodes as he he got a confessional saying I'm just sitting back and observing and then I'll make my move. And this time he appeared to do the exact opposite. Yeah, he's all of a sudden he's come out really hard, really fast as this villain. And although it's really entertaining and he's playing a rather decent villain, it's not a, the best way for him to win the game. Yeah. Let's let's not forget also, like, just, just a, a point of a point to mention, is that Malcolm and Denise know that someone has the idol because they know where the idol is. So when they came to their new tribes, they knew for a fact they had an advantage in the, they knew that the idol was not on top of the rice. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other people may think that the idol may be in Russell's pocket, it may still be on the rice bin at that thing, you know, so they have that advantage as well. 
Just a, just a note. No, that's true. <laughs> Brings me to my next question. In your opinion, who, sh- what side should Malcolm side with to get the best results long term? Stephanie? I think that in order to put himself in the best in the best position to win the game, he's probably better off siding with Scoopin and RC. If only because, assuming that he knows the game and that he's a fan and he's watched it, which it seems like he is, he knows that when individual immunity comes, it makes it easier to get rid of people who may be more threatening. And who, and you want to put people on the jury then who you think will vote for you. You also want to win and have majority going into the game. So if he votes, with, if he aligns with the people who are strong and will help him get to the merge with numbers, he'd be better off. And also getting rid of the drama in like Abby and Pete would help him because then the rest of the people would like him. And then when he got to the end, they'd all be in the jury and he'd want to vote for them. Because Abby and Pete seem like the type that would be extremely bitter and wouldn't vote for him solely because he got there and they didn't. I have a question. Who is Artis with right now? What alliance is he in? He's supposed to be with Pete and Abby, but since he never speaks, we have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the previously on Survivor, they mentioned that there was a four-way alliance between Pete, Abby, Lisa, and Artis. So that's what the at least they're telling us is that Artis is with them currently. Yeah, although I feel like if Malcolm were to go with Scoopin and RC, that Scoopin's connection to Lisa, knowing who she is, and her knowing him as a fan of the show, and the two of them having like that whole age connection, that if necessary, Scoopin could probably get Lisa to go with them, and then the four of them could have a majority. Quite possibly. Nicole, what are your thoughts? I don't know. I feel like... Maybe Malcolm would have a better chance if he was with Pete and Abby, because if you're going farther with people like that, I don't think they're very likable. Like, if the final three was Abby, Pete, and Malcolm, I think people would definitely choose Malcolm, because Pete's definitely coming off as a villain, and Abby's just annoying and very dramatic and everything. So I think if that were the case, he would definitely win, and uh, up against artists too. Like I, I don't think. I I well, I guess I don't know anything about artists right now. But you know, I I think that that might actually be the better option for him to stick with them rather than RC and Scoopin. Even though I like that alliance better. Like I like Scoopin. I think he's cool. I like them. I think I don't know. They're more likable to me. I mean, I just think in my head, the fact that Pete told Malcolm about the idol automatically means that Malcolm doesn't want, doesn't need to be in their alliance because he has the power now to get rid of that idol, to do whatever he wants with that idol, and to use the other people on his tribe in order to make sure that happens. Jeff? I think that Malcolm's best bet is to go with Pete, Abby... Uh, Artis and Lisa until the merge and then flip over and go with Denise, Jeff Kent, Penner, Katie, and Carter. Um, my reasoning being that Katie and Carter are two huge goats who cannot win this game. 
Uh, whereas on the other side, you maybe only have artists who's really like obviously not going to win, in my opinion. Also, I think that the people on Tandang, looking at people like Lisa and Michael and RC and maybe even artists are more likely to vote for an underdog story, like a really gripping, you know, I was at Matt Singh and we suffered so hard and I, I, I'm, I think they'd be more willing to vote for that kind of underdog narrative. So, hmm. if they were on the jury. So we have two people... Wait, you just said that RC would be willing to vote for the underdog. But if Malcolm goes with the group that is against RC, RC will never make the merge to be on the jury. We don't know when the jury's going to start. It could, I mean, could it could be the very next one, like there's because there's 12 people that she'd right never now. Make, that she'd never no, make. You're absolutely right. But I'm saying, the jury has started at 9 or at 12 before, before there was a merge. Like in Cook Islands, the jury had 9 people, and it started with Brad, even though he had never made the merge, and neither did Jenny or Rebecca. No, I, I know that. But I'm just saying, in general, like... Saying saying someone would be good on the jury for Malcolm, and then saying that he should go into the alliance that wants to vote that person off early without knowing when the jury starts is kind of counterintuitive. But he has a better chance to get to the merge with the alliance of four. I'm saying he needs to do what he can to get to the merge right now. All right, so we have two Pete and Abby's, one Michael and RC. I'm going to have to side with Stephanie here and actually say Michael and RC. I think... If he goes with them, he doesn't. He can potentially blindside them with the idol, and then the only way that you have control over an idol is if it's actually in your possession, as we've seen so many times, where you think you're sharing an idol and you're not. So I think then if he sides with them, then they can get the idol out with Pete or Abby, whoever they vote out, get it out of the game, and then I think he'll have more control in the alliance of Michael and RC at this point, and whether they bring in Lisa or Artis, I think that uh, they're going to be more loyal to him because he saved them, so to speak. And uh, to me, RC and Michael Scoopin especially both seem like the type of people who won't just vote you out if you're a threat, like necessarily. Like Michael Scoopin seems very loyal to me, and I think RC could be as well. And I think Pete and Abby, they're not going to let uh, let him get to the end. Like, they're going to try everything in their power to vote him off at some point. So I think for him to get to the end, even though they may be a little more likable than Abby and Pete, I think if he went with Abby and Pete, they're going to be trying to get rid of him sooner rather than later. Yes, good point. All right, next question. Stephanie, you've mentioned that you think... Uh, it appears, anyways, that Jeff is the one controlling the tribe. Do you think that is the case? Do you think Jeff is the one in control of the uh, Calabal tribe? Or do you think someone is actually secretly pulling the strings and letting uh, Kent be the front man? We'll start with Nicole. At this point, I, I do think that he is pretty much in control. And, you know, the person who threatened to expose a secret, ended up getting voted out, which I think shows that, you know, he had a lot of influence in that decision and everything. And he always seems to be um, definitely leading the discussions during the alliance meetings and everything like that. 
I, I think Penner has some power, too. I mean, obviously, he has the idol. Yeah, I, I think I would go with Jeff. Jeff? Uh, I think Katie's obviously the mastermind behind the entire operation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but actually, I think everything Nicole said is spot on. Jeff has the most power. Jonathan's right up there with the idol. And Carter is just kind of trying to catch, play catch-up. With Denise, kind of just... I think Denise is just trying to lay low and not get voted out herself. Mm-hmm. Stephanie? Okay. Well, here's the thing. I th- I definitely think that this episode showed that Jeff is basically the leader and is taking control of the tribe, but I think it's only because Penner is letting him. I know that Penner definitely could be the leader if he wanted to, and I think that based on his experience in the past, he decided to take a step back and basically kind of be there as the veteran without taking too much control. The same as how Scoopin kind of is stepping back and being there if they need advice, but kind of letting the game play itself out. And so he's letting Jeff be in charge and letting Jeff make the decisions, especially when Penner basically went to Carter and Jeff and was like, so we have the choice between Dawson or Katie. Which one do you want? And then we see later that Dawson's one getting voted out. If Penner really cared that much, he would have just said, I think we should vote out so-and-so, instead of letting them choose who the person going home was. I think Stephanie is full of doo-doo. Wow. I was, I was going to... not take a lot of words. <laughs> what? Why do you think she's full of doo-doo? I think Jonathan Penner, it's not that he's giving up power, but he realizes that he doesn't have it. And so rather than try to usurp it illegitimately, he's allowing Jeff to take the reins, not because Penner could possibly take the reins, but because he realizes that a power trip from Penner would only spark backlash from Jeff Kent. I think that if Penner wanted to take the reins, he would have done so already. And the fact that he came in and didn't try right away to take the reins proves that he didn't want to for a reason. That's all. I disagree completely. For me, I think it's somewhere in the middle of your two arguments. I think Penner is being very uh, intentional in what he's doing and what he's saying. Uh, He recognizes that Jeff Kent is on a sort of a power trip right now and everything, and he wants to do everything in his power to make sure that not only Jeff Kent looks like the leader, and like Jeff is saying, he probably is the one calling all the shots and everything, but I think he was very intentional in the way he, he was saying, like Stephanie said, what do you guys want to do? Because ultimately, Penner knows that whoever gets voted out this tribal council is pretty much irrelevant. It does not matter in the least what in in the long term whether Dawson gets out or whether Katie gets out. So rather than try to uh, influence or try to influence them one way or the other, he's saying let them take control of this, and then uh, you know I'll save my control or influence when it's actually more necessary. Also, this way, if the vote is wrong, and say for some reason they find out that like keeping Katie around was the worst decision ever and they would have been better with Dawson, they can't go back and blame him because he let them make the decision. Right. Yeah, that, that sounds perfect in a world in which Jonathan Penner has the ability to take I don't think we understand, Jeff. You do not like John Penner. We can move on. That's not what I'm saying at all. I love Jonathan Penner. <laughs> I I don't think that at this point Jonathan Penner could stage a coup and vote anyone he out 
he wanted out. But I will say that I think Jonathan Penner does have influence in the game, but he's choosing not to use that influence and letting the other people solely take uh, make the decisions. That's what I was saying. You just put it in and words that you understand. Dang you and your compromised rationality crap. <laughs> <laughs> now you see why Jeff and I don't get along. <laughs> All right, uh, next question. Thoughts on Dana's exit from the game. Would you classify it as a quit or a medevac? We will start with Jeff. I, I'm not going to lie. I honestly think my decision on this is, uh, is influenced by the fact that I like Dana, but I'd probably classify it as a medical evacuation Solely because I don't know that she physically could have continued. Yes, maybe medically, you know, she wasn't going to die. But physically, she would not have been able to participate in that challenge. She wouldn't have been able to participate in any challenge that required standing. <laughs> and so at that point, I would, I would say that she, at the point where she could continue and not lose her life, but couldn't continue and actually play the game... I would still classify it as a medical evacuation. Stephanie? I think there needs to be a new term for her. I think it's a medical leave rather than a medical evacuation because obviously a medical evacuation is when the medics decide that you shouldn't be in the game and they kind of force you to leave. And a quit is when you basically are like, I'm done and I don't want to play anymore. And putting her in the quitting standpoint when we know that she wasn't actually done, she just couldn't play anymore because of a medical purpose, kind of puts her in the middle of both categories. So it's really hard for me to just put her at one extreme or the other. So like a medically induced quit. Yeah. Wikipedia called it a quit due to illness. I mean, yeah, but I don't think that she should be put in the list of quitters. So she she shouldn't be in the same category as Purple Kelly, Nayanka, and Austin. No, definitely not. All right, Nicole. Um, my immediate thought to your question was she did quit because it was her decision to stay or go, and it wasn't the medical people telling her that she needed to go. But I totally agree; she doesn't belong in a category with Nayanka and Purple Kelly and people like that. Like, not at all. But, I, I mean, I don't know, it's so hard for me because I wasn't in her situation experiencing that. I just, my wishful thinking would be like, maybe she could have gotten over it, you know, and maybe once it stopped raining, she could have laid out in the sun and dried out and, you know, eventually been okay. I mean, I just, if I were in the game, it would be so hard for me to say, okay, I'm quitting like, I just, I would not want to have to be faced with that kind of a question. I mean, I'm just going to say what I was saying to other people when we were talking about this um, yesterday. And if the pain she was feeling is similar to um, stomach pains and stuff that I felt in the past, and if what she was, and if I can relate to what she was feeling, which in my head, um, comparing it to a illness that I've had, then... Assuming the challenge was that same day that she quit, which I think it was, I myself would not have been able to do that challenge. I wouldn't have wanted to quit, but I wouldn't have been able to do the challenge. And if I was forced to either leave the game that moment or try and participate in a challenge where I wouldn't have been able to move, I probably would have went home myself. 
I would categorize this in a quit like uh, Kathy from Micronesia, where it's something that uh, they're they're obviously not there's something not right, <laughs> and they need to to leave because of that. Technically, Kathy was a quit, and technically, if you want to go, this was a quit as well. However, whenever someone quits the game, your first inclination of is is it justified or not? And this is one where people could very easily justify the quit. Yeah, um, I mean, Kathy's quit in Micronesia was just like a different category completely. Well, she did try well, to cut her like own hand off. Jenna Maraska. Yeah, like those are just, like those are quits like for reasons like like yeah. Dana obviously probably couldn't really deal with the pain much longer. She wanted to be able to relax and she wanted to be able to get it checked out. I know if it's, I'm going to compare it to myself again. If it's like what I've experienced, it usually only lasts for a day or two, but especially because she was sick before that and the pain kind of just got worse over time. I could definitely see myself in the situation being like, I really want to be here, but it's not worth this. I can't deal with this and do my best in the challenges and what's best for this team and for myself is probably leaving, which is definitely what I think she was thinking, not necessarily thinking what's best for the team, but obviously thinking what's best for herself. Here's what I learned from uh, reading interviews with her. One, she was sick from the beginning. It was something that she, even before they left on the beach, she had a cold, and every day it just got worse until it culminated into that fact. So it wasn't something that, you know, just suddenly happened. One day she was fine, and the next day you know, all of a sudden she is sick. It's something that's gotten worse and worse and worse and worse. So at that point, your mindset is it's just going to keep getting worse, not, oh, it could get better, you know. Right. Um, also, uh, just to clarify from what she said in an interview, what it actually was is just severe dehydration, apparently, and that they, they just had to pump probably, lots and lots of fluid into her. Probably was exacerbated by the fact that she had a cold. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, I'd also like to point out, I miss the old medical team, because this guy's official diagnosis was, tummy. <laughs> tummy is irritated. I could have told him. Oh, that <laughs> was... Guy, the, the old lady, I don't remember I don't remember who she, what her name was, but the lady who was there for Russell, and for Mike Barassi, and for Colton, those types of medical evacuations, she could have told you exactly what was wrong on the spot. This guy, well, her tummy's irritated. Well, I mean, they're not in Samoa anymore. This is a different island. They probably needed to get a different medical team. It was probably an intern. She was unavailable at the moment. That no, was the second. All those seasons you just mentioned all happened in Samoa. This she, one was also, she was the medical evacuation person from for season 22 and 23, or season 21 and 22 as after, well. After uh, the incident with their last medical guy... Um, the, she's been the new permanent one, as far as I know, she still is. So I think maybe what was she the was. With their last medical guy, there were drug charges against him. Oh, <laughs> he was either oh. selling it or was found to have a lot of it. So are you sure she wasn't there? What? Because are you sure she wasn't the one who was like next to him, but he was the one who was taking control of the situation? Possibly, and she may have been on the. She may have been closer to the Tandang. I mean, they may have two medical teams out there. I'm sure they do, at least. I mean, they have to. 
So she may have been patrolling the Tandang at the time, or maybe she was sleeping. You know, it, yeah. anything could have happened. I just think this guy was, her tummy is irritated. That made me laugh. Tummy. It's also just because he was basically saying, there's nothing wrong with her. She just is having pain. So <laughs> there was nothing he could really say. Like, yeah. she was a cramp. It'd be like, it would be like saying, you have gas. Like, like, there was nothing he could really say. He was basically just saying that I don't need to take her out of the game. It has to be her decision. And that was the best way he could say it in, like, nice terms other than saying she's just a crybaby. <laughs> I, I think the tummy thing was the second funniest line of the night for me. And the funniest one, uh, I don't know why it made me laugh so much, it was just when Jeff Probst came out and she, he was like, that's Dana, and then he just goes, you were really hidden in there. <laughs> I just started no, laughing. I don't know. The, funny, like, that's Dana in there? the funniest line of the night was said by Pete. It was when he was talking to Malcolm about why he didn't like Michael Scoopin. Pete said, whenever I make fire, Michael always gets his hands in there. <laughs> I heard that too. I actually caught that, but I didn't put it together. I was like, it's definitely a fighter joke, but I didn't hear exactly what it was. So that was, I thought that was great. No, that, that, I found that one clever, but for some reason I just started busting laughing when Jeff was just like, wow, you were really hidden in there. I was like, yeah, I, I laughed at that moment also. Like, I felt bad for her, but I left I at that moment also. <laughs> is that Dana? Is that lump of cloth Dana? It wasn't even when he said, is that Dana? But, I mean, that was sort of humorous itself. But when he said, wow, you were hidden in there. <laughs> like, and he, like, bends down and, like, goes to, like, look underneath. Like, it was just ridiculous, the yeah. whole situation. I was just glad she wasn't naked under there, like Penner had suggested. <laughs> <laughs> that has been for everybody. <laughs> Jeff opens it up. Whoa! <laughs> And then, and then Dawson's like, well, if you've seen that, don't I at least deserve one on the lips, Jeff? Oh my let's, God. Just make this less, let's just make this less awkward for everybody. I'll take off my clothes, too. In fact, Probst, you should do the same. <laughs> oh my God. That, that would have been, like, the best Survivor episode ever. <laughs> and then, no, but Jeff would have to bring up peanut butter and chocolate first. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to the next question. Next question. What were your thoughts on the two challenges? Let's start with Stephanie. I thought that the... Well, my funny quip from the reward challenge was the fact that Penner and Scoopin got paired together. I found that very ironic and funny that it was the two veterans against each other when the lesser irrelevant veteran had just gotten voted out. (laughs) But more than that, the reward challenge, well, to me, the reward challenge was very interesting. It definitely, it reminded me of the challenges in Guatemala a lot, which were awesome, where it was basically all just about, like, physical strength and all the, like, having to just, like, fight. And even this one, like, you had to think. You had to be able to time if, like, when Scoopin, like, threw the threw his statue up before he knocked Penner's down. Like, you had to be able to time how long it would take for yours to get down before those. So, like, I liked the aspect of that challenge, the immunity challenge, I loved because it went. It was old, it was like an old school challenge, going back to obstacle courses and teamwork and different things going on, and people have their different strengths. And I don't know. I like the challenges this season. I like that they're going back to the old ones, and it's not just boring ones anymore. Nicole, 
I didn't like the reward challenge. I don't really know why. I guess it's because the previous challenges have been so complex and things with water and, like, intense. And I just thought, you know, the face-offs and, oh, you got to balance this thing and knock something out of someone's hand before yours falls. It just was kind of lame in comparison to some other ones that we've had. Not that it was a horrible challenge, though. At least there was no beanbag tossing or whatever. You know, it didn't do anything for me. But I agree with Stephanie. I really did like the immunity challenge. I like having obstacle courses and everything like that. It was it was pretty cool. Jeff? Yeah, I, I, I agree with Stephanie on the reward challenge. I really liked it. And I actually had the chance to talk with Scoopin on POS about it. He, we had, like, a little comment conversation. He mentioned the fact that that strategy actually – they must not have shown us some rounds because he said that it didn't work most – he tried it a few times before and it didn't work. So I don't really know what how the editing – They usually don't. They, Here's they what show, happens. They shorten the challenge to show, like, the, the main moments of it to make it seem like whatever times they team score are the only times that mattered. But it's usually they'll probably score, like, 50 other times and they just didn't count them. Right, right. Or they – also probably messed with the order a bit too uh but yeah here's how it happens here let me explain this um what they do is it's two out of three for everyone when they're facing an individual to get the point you have to win two out of three times the reason the reason why they do this and they only show you one is because sometimes if you were just doing one it could be really anticlimactic and boring so they give they film two to three of each one and then that way they have more options for which one they can show. The only time yeah, this the only time this doesn't work is when you have a really good one that that person ends up losing and then they can't show it. <laughs> yeah, that ma- that makes sense cuz I know that um in one world um when they had that challenge like the the basketball challenge in the water you could see there were like the moments where it looked like Kim was completely dry and was never in the water at all, like for the entire challenge, for the entire time they were shooting. Like it, she would be dry, and then she would never be shown, and then all of a sudden she was wet. And I remember Colton saying like they did it a whole bunch of times, and the guys had switched places during a couple of them, and and changed things around, and people had changed around where they were during different rounds of it, and it was so a lot of it was just like different than what was actually shown. If that makes sense. I yeah. feel deceived now. Whatever. <laughs> uh, Jeff, thoughts on the immunity challenge? We sort of cut you off there. Oh, sorry, yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, it was it was nice. It was a good old school challenge. I always loved the kind of physical plus mental. And uh, I'm a big fan of not untying. So <laughs> but that's, my, that's my thing, so. All right. Well, um, I was actually a big fan of the reward challenge as well. For me... I, I sort of like it when when challenges are simple. My favorite challenge of all the survivors is probably the, the final three immunity where you're all just standing on stumps and whoever can hold on the longest wins. To me, I it, it doesn't matter if a challenge is complex or simple, but I like where there's some physical nature to it, but they also have to use figure out some sort of strategy to win, like what uh, what Scoopin did and everything. So... Yeah, I re- I found it really cool, and I I like the showdown ones as long as it's not on Redemption Island. Um, yeah. <laughs> let me clarify that. But I, I like the where you know you have different people of each tribe showdown, and I think it gets some really uh, good suspenseful moments. 
I mean, this one probably wasn't as good as when they're like doing the the wrestling and Palau and things like that. But I, I still thought it was a really good challenge. What about that mud one in Guatemala where they had to pull the rope and that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was good too. That's one of the. Uh, that's at least the style of the challenge next week. Looks like it's going to be the uh, like the ball kind of get get the other ball into the goal or whatever it is. Which I are love always... these challenges. I always think those challenges are so awesome. Right, you just like to look at people rolling around in the mud stuff. Totally. <laughs> I feel like someone's going to get their hair pulled again. <laughs> oh, that was another great line from oh, I was from totally Amby. Waiting for Jeff to call like a DQ or something on that. The fact that I mean, because. Even when it happened, and then Abby was like, she pulled my hair. And Jeff was like, wait, what happened? I was totally expecting him to call, like, a DQ or something. And when he didn't, I was like, oh, I guess there are no rules in this one. Pulling well, hair isn't a DQ word. And it wasn't even that bad of a hair pull. No, like, if it was intentional and it had actually probably caused the demise, like, if she was just, like, dragging her to the ground, pulling her hair or something, like... But that one was, I mean, it was pretty obvious that it wasn't intentional. Like, she wasn't intentionally grabbing her hair to hurt her or anything, so. I did like the line, play like a man, not like a blank. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like a witch. Like a witch. And it was funny because it was coming from Abby. (laughs) Who is a witch. (laughs) But also a man. (laughs) (laughs) That was really mean, I'm sorry. (laughs) All right, next question. <laughs> oh, wait, I forgot to say, uh, I also really like the immunity challenge as well. Obstacle course is always fun. Uh, I thought it was a clever way to do the puzzle with all the bamboo pieces and finding the ones with letters on it. Next question. When do you think the tribes will merge? We are down to 12 right now. So in, a, in most of the previous seasons, the most recent, we've merged at 12. However, having just, you know, absorbed the other tribe, we still have these people. There's a lot of speculations that it's going to be at uh, 11 or 10. Um, so I'm curious to know, when do you think the merge will actually occur? I feel like there'll be, like, two more episodes before it merges. So merge at 10. Yeah. All right. Jeff? I think merge at 10 is probably the most likely. Any reason why? Merging at, I mean, they've never merged at 11 before. They've merged at 9. But, I mean, now, I mean, since they've had one medical evacuation, it's possible if they merge at 11. But episode 7 was always kind of the trademark, uh, kind of the trademark merge. Even though that's not the case anymore, I, I still feel like they may do that. So, Stephanie? I don't want to think about when they're going to merge. I want to be surprised. I'm just going to hope that it's a final two this season, not a final three. Wouldn't that be great? Uh, I, I, I would just say don't hold your breath. I'm very skeptical, but I think it would be absolutely amazing. I mean, I'm not saying surprised. that's what's actually going to happen. I'm just saying I'm very hopeful of a final two rather than a final three. So I don't want to think about when the merge is, because if I figure out when the merge is, that'll help me figure out what that is, and I keep wanting to think it's a final two. So I'm going to just let it surprise me. I uh, I really want... To go out on a limb, and I'm going to say they merge at 11. I think they're going to give them one more, one more episode, and then, uh, and then break it out and have uh, 11. I think it'll be. Well, that would follow Jeff's theory of the episode seven thing. All right, so we have two questions left. My one question is: Do you think 
the tribe should or the Matsing tribe should have been absorbed. Do you think it would have been better to have them remain three tribes? Do you think it would have been better to have a complete reshuffle, or do you think this was the best option, Jeff? I'm trying to think about like entertainment. It would have been fun to watch a like a three way showdown for the reward challenge. That would have been really cool. Uh, but for entertainment, it's a lot less suspenseful when a tribe loses and has less people. Like last week, it was really suspenseful until we found out that Matt Singh lost, and then it was just kind of like, well, it's going to be one of those three. So I like the absorption of the tribes in that it does throw another wrench into kind of anyone's game, but I also would have liked to see them merge directly from three. So I'm going to say I am neutral and would have been happy either way. I'm easy to please. Thanks, Stephanie. Stephanie? Put my mouth so many times tonight. (laughs) So, I think that it would have been awesome. I mean, knowing that the reward challenge would not have been what it was with the three tribes, because obviously that kind of format, I don't know, I don't think that specific challenge would have worked with three tribes. But I think it would have been awesome if they let the two of them fight and see if the two of them really did have what it takes to win against whoever the two best on each of the other two tribes were. And it would have been great to see if perhaps they could hold on and get some wins for themselves. But if they did have to do this absorption, I think that Malcolm and Denise should have been, like, the two captains, and they should have completely swapped instead of absorbing them. Nicole? Well, I don't think it should have been, like... Just that the three of the tribes would do the challenge because if that thing had lost again, then it probably would have been a fire-making challenge like what happened with Bobby John and Stephanie. And I don't like that because earlier tonight I was just outside trying to make a fire and it took me forever because the leaves I was using were wet and it just didn't work out well. So I, I wouldn't want that to happen. Every, but, um, every Thursday, Nicole plays Survivor in her backyard. Yeah. <laughs> Nicole, did it take you as long as Thunder or Becky? <laughs> no, I I eventually got a fire going like eight matches later, but it was just embarrassing because one time I got a fire going with one match. Bam. I don't even know how to use matches, so you're better than me. <laughs> But, um, yeah, you light the match, know. and then you hold it upside down and just wait. Yeah, I can't get it to light. It takes practice. Stephanie, if I ever meet you in person, I'll teach you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So, anyways, um, I would have liked for them to have a total switch up of everything and have two brand new tribes. I think that would have been cool because I love seeing people scrambling and, you know, they had their tight alliances, they had their plans, and they knew what they were going to do. And now all of a sudden everything's messed up. They're strongest alliance members on the other tribe or whatever. Like, I think it would have been fun. I would have liked to see that. Yeah, for me, it's all about what's going to create the most crazy post-merge and it's not going to be one alliance versus the other. Um, And I think doing a complete tribe shuffle of everyone would have created that chaos and then they'll make new alliances but then if they merge in one episode or two episodes down the line you know will they stick with these new ones or these old ones and how is it going to work I think that had a lot of potential whereas this one it still has potential just because of how not together Tandang is 
and thankfully they're the one with the majority because I think if it would have been Calabao with the majority at the merge, then they would have all stuck together and it would have been very predictable. So there's hope still here, but I think there would have been more potential for Chaos had they done a complete tribe shuffle. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons I like the Bones so much is because they had all those really random shuffles so many times that it made the strategic aspect of the game almost impossible to master. And that's why we saw Sugar in the final three. Oh, don't I mean, remind that's me. That's why Marcus got screwed, but it's okay. Sugar was the best survivor player ever. No. No. <laughs> I liked her bone. I really did like her bone. But that's why Marcus got screwed. And, like, I don't like that part, but I think that it made the strategic aspect so much crazier and so much harder to master that it made the season... Like, you just kept wanting to watch it because you didn't know what was going to happen. You had no idea who would be voted out. You had no idea what was going to happen. So I like tribe, tribe shuffles in that sense. I yeah. also thought of a weird twist in my mind while I was watching the episode. I was like, wouldn't it be cool if the reward challenge, like, if Malcolm and Denise, they just said, you're sitting out of this and have the two tribes battle, and then the reward would be getting these two extra people on your tribe. Oh. So they both were on it together? Yeah, would both, like, join the whatever tribe that won. See, I think that would have been more detrimental to their games, because if their tribe would have lost then, they see them as a pair then, and they have to break up this pair that goes with them. So I think it was actually... I'm not saying it would have been, like, good or bad for them. I'm just saying it would have been interesting. I think that would have been better if, my theory of seeing if the two of them could win against the others and having the three tribes this week would have not worked and the two of them lose and then had a fire making because then next week it could have been that whoever wins that challenge gets the luxury of having the winner of the fire making as their extra. Mm-hmm. I, can see I think that. we're using the term winner kind of loosely. <laughs> The best of the worst. <laughs> All yeah, right. Between Malcolm and Denise, wouldn't it actually be winner? That's true. They're both pretty awesome. The winner <laughs> of the losers. All right. Final question. Who's your pick to win? Let's start with Stephanie. Who's my pick to win? That is really interesting. I don't think it's Malcolm. I could see him getting far. I don't think he's going to win. I don't think that... Penner or Scoopin wins. I don't want to think that Jeff wins. I can see RC getting really far, assuming that that four-person alliance doesn't last. And as much as I don't want to admit it, I can see Pete winning if his alliance does last. So you're going with Pete? Yeah, I don't like picking winners. It's like the worst thing in the world because I don't want to assume things, but I'll say Pete. Nicole? I'm going to go with Malcolm because I like him and, you know, I think he's at a really good position right now. He's got a hidden immunity idol that only Denise knows about. And, I don't know, I think that he can win and make it far. He could probably win some of the individual immunities, and which would, like, get him even farther. And, I don't know. Yeah. Malcolm. Jeff? Um, I was considering saying Pete, but I can't possibly agree with Stephanie. So, um, I would, 
my, I'm going to go back to my default option, Denise. I think she's getting the best winners at it. I don't think she's going anywhere, at least until the merge. And then she has Malcolm, you know, not, I wouldn't say Malcolm's in her back pocket, but I think they'll work really well together and they have an idol together. I don't think Malcolm would hesitate to, uh, to use the idol on Denise if it were a sure thing. So I'd say Denise is a good, is a good thing. Second choice. Jeff. You know you want to say Pete, though. I, you know, I actually did consider it, but I can't possibly agree with you. That would be heresy. <laughs> well, you're agreeing with me then, Jeff, because I pick uh, last time we did a roundtable with Denise, and it's still the same way. Um, I think that she is in the, the best position to win, and I think that no one is going to v- want to vote her out, because right now she's too strong to vote out, and then I think once the merge, she's not strong enough to be perceived as a threat. Um, and I think that the final three of Matt Singh Tribal Council was, uh, I'm going out on a limb and saying that it was foreshadowing how Denise is going to win this game and how she gets to the final three and everyone's going to vote for her because she's awesome. I could see that only because I can compare Denise to Natalie White. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> you, you think that. Maybe um, Natalie White without a Russell. Are you, yeah, are you saying Malcolm like, is a Russell? But Natalie White, in terms of, if we're going to think that the jury wanted to vote for Natalie before entering tribal rather than Nick, like people said, she, because Denise has the likability social factor that Natalie had, and like, and then if you're thinking that when she gets to the merge, people are going to look at her not necessarily that physically and not that much of a threat, and basically could use her as a number and then just kind of let her float towards the end, making amends and being friendly with everyone, kind of like how Natalie was doing all that, and no one even realized it. So that's my comparison. All right, so that is all ten of our questions. Thank you guys for participating in the round table. It was great to hear you guys' opinion. Before we let you go, though, we are going to have a fun little game that we call Tribal Council. What's going to happen here is that there we are going to have a mock tribal council with eight characters, and each of the the four of us are going to be impersonating two different people from a Survivor, and we'll just uh, see how this tribal council goes. We'll do our impressions of these people. This could turn into something very entertaining. It could turn into something very horribly bad. Or it could Which be, could be very entertaining. Yes, or it could be both. Very entertaining, yet very I'm just really, bad. really, really excited to be up close with Jeff Probst. I, I just have to say that. <laughs> See, it's great, because I'm Jeff Probst. So, <laughs> well, yeah. I just, I love you so much. Alright, so before we officially start this, let's uh, say who we are impersonating. Just so... <laughs> Some of our impersonations, they may not be able to tell. So, <laughs> so weird. Jeff, uh, who, who you got? I am Jeff Probst and Jonathan Penner. Nicole? I am Angie and Abby. Stephanie? I'm Dawson and RC. And I will be Pete and Jeff Kent. 
So are we playing this as this is one like this is one big tribe of eight at tribal council? Yes. So one we're ignoring that this is not possible considering they are on different tribes and some of these people have been voted out. Um, so we are just assuming that in some other dimension that these people are like the final eight, pe final seven people in the game, and uh, they're going to tribal council. So take it away, Jeff Probst. Wow, well, uh, my Jeff Probst impression is pretty bad, and it probably is going to sound even worse over Skype. Let's get started. Okay, everybody, uh, welcome, welcome to tribal council. So uh, we've seen a lot of interesting things over the past few votes. I mean... Angie, we we saw you at one vote saying that the tribe needed cookies. How do you how have you turned that into a positive? Well, we got muffins the other day, which was kind of close to cookies. So I was pretty happy, and the sugar and the chocolate really like brings us together as a tribe when we get to eat um, things that are close to cookies, you know, and we start to like get along with each other better, and have that kind of energy, because sugar gives you energy. Interesting. So energy is uh, is a big deal then. Uh, Dawson, how have you been able to really keep up your energy and keep up your spirits now that we're 20 days into the game? Well, I'm just a really energetic person. I like to think that I'm the reason that the seven of us just get along so well. I always try and keep myself in high spirits. I mean, to be honest, I'm just, I'm really happy every time I come to tribal council or every time I'm near you, Jeff, because I just think you're amazing. But, like, I just, I know that deep down everyone just loves the fact that I am so energetic and happy, and I just, I make everyone feel better about themselves, and I know that's going to save me tonight. I, I don't, I don't agree with that, Jeff. Why don't you agree with that, Jeff? Uh, I, I think that Dawson can be somewhat annoying and that she's not bringing out the best of me because I want to punch her in the face. Well, Jeff, I do have to say that, I mean, you can punch me in the face, but, but you might want to use a bat instead. I don't know if that would help you. Listen, listen, Jeff, Jeff. These two have been fighting non-stop at camp, okay? They never stop. It is getting annoying. Dawson is not the glue. I just wanted to throw that out there. Wow. Okay, so he did issue. Uh, RC, how do you see the uh, relationship between Dawson and Jeff Kent? How do I see the relationship between Dawson and Jeff Kent? Well, I mean, I think Dawson's really sweet and... I, she's a really cool girl. We get along really well. It's awesome that she's all smiles. Jeff is really strong and he's great. I don't really know what's going on between them. It, it's kind of strange. I feel like I'm out of the loop and it's weird because I kind of like to know what's going on all the time. But at the same time, I don't know, maybe there's some like secret, uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, they do go in the shelter together, like, when they sleep at night when we're sleeping, but, yeah, I don't know. I've never slept with that woman. <laughs> um, so, Abby, Maria, how do you cast a vote when there's this many different tribal dynamics going on at the same time? Well, you got to go with who you trust most, and... You know, there are some people on this tribe who are not being honest 
right now. I just have to interrupt her one second. She's excuse going to, me, excuse me. I, I, I'm talking. She's right going to say that I'm not being talk. honest when I've been 100% honest to her this I, entire I game. I, I don't want to talk to you right, right now. I'm, I'm trying Never to. Never want to talk to me, ever. Jeff, let me, let me say something here. I'm pretty much awesome at this game, and I'm pretty much controlling everything. There's really only one flaw that I can see in my game right now, and that's that I can only talk in monotone. And I, I don't know how to solve this, but hopefully I will be over, able to overcome this. Pete thinks that it is a really good thing. Pete here thinks that it is a really good thing to only talk in monotone. However, as I have proven throughout my previous two seasons on Survivor, you have to have vocal inflection in order to do well in this game. It's a fact of life. I have to say, there's a reason that I wanted to align with Scoopin at the beginning, and I'm really glad he was on my tribe. Because I'm pretty sure I would not have wanted to align with you, even if you are a veteran, Jonathan. Wait, wait a minute. I didn't know that Penner served for our country. I apologize for that, and I salute you. Okay, so, guys, um, I think that it is time to vote. So, uh, why don't we start off, uh, Pete, you'll vote first. Uh, I'm going to vote for the person who is least like me, and that would be Jonathan Penner. Okay, uh, Jeff, you're up next. Well, I'm going to have to go with the person who I don't get along with. Unfortunately, that's everyone except Penner. So I'm just going to vote for Angie because she's not that bright. Angie, your turn to vote. Man, this is so hard. Like, I just wish we could all eat cookies and get along, but I guess since I have to vote for someone, I'm going to vote for Jeff Kent, because I have this feeling in my heart that, like, he doesn't like me. Okay, Abby Maria, time to vote. RC girl, you are going down. I am voting for you because you stabbed me in the back. And you went and made alliances with other people. I see you're dead to me. Dawson? Uh, I'm really all about loyalty. So, I mean, even though I am not a San Francisco Giants fan, and I know that, like, they have really loyal fans, I'm going to have to go with my tribe mates and vote for Angie. And, uh, R.C. Abby Maria thinks she knows what's going on, but she really does not. And although I really want to vote her ass out, Angie is just ridiculous and worthless. At least Abby does things around camp and will be easily able to be gotten rid of later. So I'm going to vote for Angie, and hopefully we'll be able to win something. Okay, and, uh, Jonathan Penner, you're the last person to vote. Listen, Jeff. I think that RC believes that she is running this game. And, uh, you know, this is my game to run. I am the mastermind. We can't have people trying to usurp that role. So uh, I'm casting my vote for RC. Okay, I'll go tally the votes. First vote, Jonathan Penner. Second vote, Jeff Kent. 
third vote, Angie. Fourth vote, Angie. Fifth vote, RC. What? I know what I'm doing. <laughs> That's me in character. She was in character, Jeff. <laughs> RC got a vote. Yeah, she was in character like, what? What's going on? Uh, <laughs> well, maybe you should have been doing a better RC impression. <laughs> RC. That's two votes RC, two votes Angie, one vote Jeff, and one vote Penner. Fifteenth person voted out of Survivor Philippines. Angie. I'm gonna get some cookies, guys. Angie. Hi, girl. Let me give you a hug before you leave. Come give me a hug. I'm gonna miss you, girl. (laughs) And scene. (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. Alright. I think Stephanie's RC impression was the best. That okay. that was my next thing. Was gonna vote for who? Who do we think had the best impressions? I I agree. RC, you nailed the her talking fast sort of uh thing. The <laughs> well, way she does it. Let's be normally. The problem is this season. There's not enough. There's not enough weird people. Like not enough weird quirky voices. If, if Zane well, would have lasted. I mean, yeah, exactly. For the record, I tried. I googled. How to speak in a Spanish accent <laughs> and like watched a video before we started this podcast. And then once we started, I totally forgot everything that I just learned about Spanish accents. And so Dawson. I just started whatever accent came into my head. I think yeah. the Pete impression was my favorite. <laughs> oh, come on. The Jeff Ken. The Jeff Ken. You can't beat it. I mean, both of them. I didn't try too hard to change my voice because neither one of the girls has a very, like, distinct accent. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> they definitely won this one. <laughs> I was just saying, I was really hoping that there would be a seven-way tie so that Jeff Probst could scold y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I was, well, I was, at first I was like, is it going to be a tie between RC and uh, Angie? But then it didn't happen. Yeah, because Stephanie decided to throw both her votes towards Angie. If that's not cheating, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I mean, in character, they both would have voted for Angie. Why? Actually, I was going to have, I was going to have Dawson vote in the minority, but everyone else was voting in the minority, so I couldn't do that anymore. <laughs> there was no majority. <laughs> she just wanted to ensure that her characters weren't voted out. No, I was going to have Dawson vote wow. in the minority. How but selfish. then when started voting Angie, I was like, that's perfect. Whatever, I'm offended. I'm going to go eat a cookie now. <laughs> Poor Nicole over here has to be voted off while you're affording all the votes. <laughs> <laughs> That's because my characters are awesome. I don't know if this was entertaining for anyone else, but it was very entertaining. For I me. assumed that this part was going to be cut out. <laughs> All right, so that was our tribal council game. Um, we hope that you somewhat found amusement out of that. If you didn't, uh, we did, and that's all that matters. So <laughs> thank you for going, bearing through it, at least, uh, and listening to it. And we are really grateful 
for Nicole and Stephanie for coming on and sharing their thoughts on Survivor as well as their impressions of Survivor contestants. And uh, I think everyone did a great job. <laughs> so um, before we let you go, is there anything that you want to plug or promote? Stephanie? I don't think so, surprisingly. I usually do. And uh, do you have a Twitter or something where people can contact you? No, okay. I'm not cool enough to, tw- to have a Twitter. But if anyone knows of anyone who could help me get a job, that would be awesome. There you go. If you can hook Stephanie up with a job, uh, let us know. Contact us, and we will we will get you guys in contact. Nicole? Um, I just want you guys to read my blog that I'm starting now. It's going to be on the podcast page, so it won't be hard to find. Then you can... Read all my opinions and thoughts on the episode and everything like that. All right. Well, once again, I want to thank you both for being on. Um, it's uh, It was great to have you back on the show, Nicole, as well as you, Stephanie. I have had a very uh, enjoyable time this evening with you guys on the podcast, and I hope you guys have as well. I love this podcast. Feel free to include me anytime. All right. Well, thank you guys so much, and have a great night. It's it's so entertaining to have them back on. I'm glad that uh, Nicole could come back on as a guest. Uh, I know all the other fans uh, really miss her, and uh, it was great to have her back and, and sharing her opinions again. Yeah, it was awesome. And uh, as you know, Stephanie and I are good friends, even though we joke or joke around and actually hate each other. So it was fun to have her on the show too, hear her opinions about Survivor. Yep, um, and she's one of the fans who avidly seeks out wanting to be on the podcast. This is really cool. So. We're- <laughs> I'm glad to include her in it. Well, you know, most Survivor fans are pretty uh, pretty gung-ho on the fact that they want other people to hear their opinions. So <laughs> That is true. <laughs> so you're calling her not that special. I was trying to give her a compliment, and then you just tear her down. Never in my life would I try to give Stephanie Gads a compliment. <laughs> All right. Well, this is a very entertaining feud, almost as entertaining as Abby and RC. So Almost. Almost. <laughs> We're trying to do some Survivor poll questions on our Facebook group, David and Jeff Survivor Podcast. And uh, we are going to be putting up a new one this week um, and get your guys' opinion on it. Jeff, did you have that question? All right, yeah, I'll be posting it later tonight. And uh, we'll get your comments throughout the week. And then next week we'll reveal the answers. They're, these are very serious polls, so we want ev- to make sure everyone takes them uh, with the utmost seriousness in mind so these are scientific polls conducted only for the purpose of gaining more knowledge about survivor that's a lie they're really funny (laughs) thank you for confessing (laughs) yeah but uh, david mentioned our facebook page david and jeff survivor podcast um also check us out uh our website at survivorpodcast.blogspot.com that is where all of our podcasts are we link to them on many different survivor groups and that is also where nicole will start her survivor blog which should be really really fun and good so make sure to check us out there as well and we're on itunes david and just survivor podcast well uh do you have anything else i think i'm good all right well we thank you so much for listening so uh if you ever want to be on the show we're always looking for for fans to come on and talk with us um you know we do really uh i'm speaking for jeff also here but we do really enjoy talking with survivor guests and people have been on the show but for me i equally enjoy talking with fans and getting their opinions and their different perspectives as well 
Right, I like proving people wrong, so that works too. <laughs> and we like no, to be I, a little more. Cons- we really do. We really do value the opinions of fans, not only about our show, but also about Survivor in general. Because uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a really good community to be a part of. And when it's just two men pontificating about their favorite show, it's not as fun. So fan fan input is always wonderful. Absolutely. Well, we thank you guys for listening, and we will be back next week, hopefully with another Survivor guest. Uh, It's in the works, so stay tuned for that. Um, And I think that's all we have, so goodbye. Bye.